0: The STEAM State of Mind, your favorite source for all things STEAM education. STEAM State of Mind. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. STEAM State of Mind. Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a STEAM State of Mind. STEAM State of
1: Mind. <laughs> Coming to you from Kettering, Ohio. I'm Carrie.
0: And I'm Byrne. And we today, I am so excited, Carrie, because guess what? We have our first guests
1: On our STEAM State of Mind podcast.
0: Yes. And we um, have two wonderful, outstanding teachers from Kettering here. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves.
2: JC Armstrong. I teach fourth grade at
3: Oakview Elementary. And I am Dory Duskalikis. And I teach third grade at Southdale Elementary.
0: Great. And so before we continue, can you give us a little more background about how many years have you been teaching? If you want to reveal a little bit of your age or, um, (laughs) you know, like um, where you have been, because like I know, J.C., you taught third grade last year.
2: I did. I've taught third, fourth and fifth grade. And I've taught for what am I up to? Twenty one years now. So a long time in different buildings in Kettering.
0: Okay. Dory. what about you? Um,
2: So this is my
3: 12th year back. I taught in the early 90s, and then I stayed for five years, stayed home for 14 years to raise my children, and then came back to Kettering. I started in Kettering and came back to Kettering because Kettering is the place to be. (laughs) And we are so glad
1: that Dory came back (laughs) to Kettering, aren't we, Vern? We are very (laughs)
0: happy about that.
1: Absolutely great, and great to have you guys here. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Kind of infusing steam into a classroom and what that means to each of you. And before we get into that discussion, why don't you tell? Because both of you are, are are have have kind of made steam a state of mind in your classrooms. You've done a great job of that. I've seen it firsthand, and um, you you just do a great job. So tell me, how did you get there? Um, how, and I know before we started, Burn kind of alluded to the fact that you you kind of got there kind of from different avenues. So why don't you both tell us how you got to that point?
2: Well, for me, science has always been my favorite thing to do. Um, So anything science-related draws my attention. And after COVID last year and we had kids remote, when they came back to the classroom... I felt like we really needed to do something exciting to keep their interest because about after two weeks, they were like, okay, we're done. Can we go back home? when snack time. <laughs> so I thought, okay, how can we make this more fun and more engaging and interesting? And they were so used to being behind the screen and on their own. How can we get them cooperating and collaborating again? So I met with Byrne and um, we had some ideas and We talked with Southdale teachers and they had some ideas, and this Moonville unit kind of happened. Um, And it was a success in my classroom, and it was probably one of the proudest things
1: that I've done in my teaching career so far. And I know we we talked about the Moonville, didn't we, on an earlier podcast? Mm -hmm. But maybe just give a really quick little synopsis of what that was for, for somebody who may not have, have tuned into that one. Okay. So Moonville, Ohio is a ghost town. And what we tried to do
2: was um, rejuvenate that ghost town. So our challenge was to create a self-sustaining community. And so within that, the kids had to develop a government, an agriculture, um, their laws, what else did they do? They energy did, source. Yes, energy sources, transportation, anything like that. Um, and we really just kind of tied everything together and integrated it all into this this Moonville unit. So the kids loved that? Was oh, they loved it. They, loved it. they yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah.
3: So I came to this steam state of mind in a completely opposite way that JC did. So I'm sure, so Byrne did a very good job picking out his guests. Hmm. <laughs> I was not, strong in science at all. In fact, it was one of the things I probably liked to teach the least. So for me, but but there were things I did like to teach. So I love to teach critical thinking. I love math. I love creating hard challenges and hard problems for kids to be able to persevere. I love teaching with others. I love co-teaching. When you teach with someone else, bouncing ideas off of each other, phenomenal. So this STEAM thing, everyone's like, Dory, you teach in a STEAM state of mind. You just don't realize that you're teaching in a STEAM state of mind. I love to always integrate subjects. So I'm like, I'm not because I'm not, I don't like science. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> in science. I don't know enough about science. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> word in STEAM. Exactly. And they're like, but it's not just that. Yes. And so for me, when when we when we started with Vern, and we were blessed to have Vern in our building, um... He just showed me, and I think that's what teachers, people out there, educators need to understand that it's not just science, you know? And so, and I learned a lot of things through STEAM because so many times I thought we were supposed to give kids all the answers in science because they don't know. Like math, of course you're not going to give them the answers, right? And if they're reading a book, of course you're not going to give them the answers. But for science, I felt like we had to front load so much and give them so much information about science. And Byrne was like, no, it's the same when you do other subjects, So that, I came to it completely different in a completely opposite way. Whereas JC loved it, I did not.
0: The STEAM acronym can be misleading. Since science represents the first letter in STEAM, many think that STEAM is a science program. STEAM is much more than an acronym for the five subject areas of science, technology, engineering, art, and math. STEAM education is a mindset that promotes creativity and innovative thinking in all students. An integrated STEAM approach teaches students not to think in a silo, but shows them that problem-solving skills and critical thinking are necessary across all disciplines. Instead of the misleading acronym for STEAM, some are changing the words to better represent the STEAM state of mind. Strategies that engage all minds. Now back to the podcast. Well, and working with the both of both of you, what um, having a steam state of mind, you guys are open in allowing this to happen in your classrooms. And that's not the case everywhere. And not the case here, because you know, some teachers are very timid and you know, not you know, like, oh, I don't know about this, just let me do whatever. But you guys are open in doing that. so what what caused you to You know, like, I know for you, for science, you were saying, you know, you love science, stuff like that. But why did you choose to take this risk?
2: I did it for the students. I wanted them to be successful. I wanted them to understand and truly understand what we were teaching and what our standards were. And I felt like just standing in front of the classroom and reading from a newspaper or a textbook or an article, they were glazed over and not truly engaged. So I did it for them to be successful, and they were. I mean, they, some of them truly surprised me.
0: I <laughs> guess they did. <laughs> for sure, when they gave their presentations, when I thought
2: they had, really had no idea what was going on, they kind of took the lead in their group. And it was, just, it was amazing to me, and I was so impressed with what they could do and what I allowed them to be able to do because when you don't give them that opportunity, they're not going to take that risk on their own.
1: Well, and I think that is that is such a neat part of of hearing both of you talk, and when you say you allowed them to take that risk, and I mean, I, I would think for some teachers that's kind of hard because you want all your kids to get it all right. You want to make sure that they get the right answer and that you know they they don't flub and mistake and and don't get it. You know, don't get it. So how how hard is that to do that, or or is that something that you've kind of learned through this sort of adaptation of the steam state of mind in a way? I've learned it through the STEAM state
3: of mind because like, like you said, that you always want to give them the information. So I always thought science was like, you know, JC said you're reading out of a book, right? You're giving them facts, like it's facts, but that's not, that's not it. And I had to grow. I did for my students, STEAM state of mind is great, but also for educators because we have to continue to grow as adults and grow as professionals. <laughs> yes. So what better way to do that than through a STEAM state of mind?
0: I just love what you just said, Dory. And JC, you referred to it too, is that, you know, we're lifelong learners. And, you know, I say all the time that I don't know everything, I'm still learning. And there are things I make mistakes. And I look back at what I've done in the past. You know, it's like, Oh, my God, I wish I could redo that, you know, those poor kids, you know, whatever. Um, How has what you're doing now with the steam state of mind, and some of the things you are doing? How is that? How do you feel that that has changed the culture in your classroom?
2: Well, I think personally, the social emotional learning aspect to it has changed so much because we're teaching them that it's okay to fail and that sometimes (laughs) when you fail, you learn even more because you keep persevering and you don't give up and you keep trying different things. I mean, we put time constraints on our kids last year and that flipped them out. Yeah. But in the yeah. end, See how successful mm-hmm. that yeah. Was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they realized that it was okay. We're not going to get it all done. If I would have had more time, I would have been more successful. So it was just kind of giving them those coping skills and that social emotional learning piece that we're really trying to tie in and giving them those skills to be lifelong learners and successful in whatever they choose to do in the future. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, in terms of what you're going to do in the
3: future, like as adults, because as adults, you have time constraints. So I think how we've progressed is like when we first started STEAM, you think it's just like a cute co- activity, right? Like, I don't know, building a tower. And I remember Byrne was very adamant about collecting data, you know, and I was always like, oh, for goodness sake, Burn, you know, like <laughs> the kids, we, you know, we don't have time. Just can we just, you know, move on? He's like, no, it all, you know, you have to have the tide on you. However, as I've progressed, I've been with Burn now. We've I've been doing steam with you for five, well, five, five years. years, five or six years, five years. And so it was so funny. He's you know, we have him as a coach, so he's not with us all the time. But I literally heard Burn coming out of my mouth. You know, I'm like third grade. You have to have data. And Mr. Schwederman, Burn had shared a Stonehead. We had talked about how he had shown this picture of Stonehenge and we don't know because people didn't record data we have no written record and in life in your job in your place of business in your work you have to record data so that's one thing that I think I've I've grown or I've progressed having kids and just like because you're right because in life you're going to have time constraints and right in life you have to write things down so that people can go back and look you
0: know, it's a big part of communication. I think that that is something that the kids learn by doing the STEAM, having a STEAM state of mind is that um, they have to be able to communicate with others what they're exploring, what they're doing, and why they're doing it, and the purpose behind it, and that type of thing. And so which is I remember, Dory, the challenges sometimes of <laughs> you know, but my God, Talk it was it was so much fun working with you on some of those things well, and Well it is, but the know.
3: time when the time is short, you know, like you know, you try to think, okay, what's gonna what goes? You know, mm-hmm. okay, don't worry about don't worry about writing down the data. You'll remember it. Or you'll just well, you know, but you can't cut that out. That's a really important
0: yeah. part. In that communication. Yeah, the it. communication
1: part. Well, doesn't that doesn't that process also um help the kids when they fail so that they can backtrack and see what was it that didn't work right? Why didn't it work? Um, you know, that data and those facts and figures kind of would help them to problem solve. I know Byrne always likes to say, we didn't get it yet, or I don't understand mm-hmm. it yet. Mm-hmm. But if we can backtrack and we have that data to look at and see what, what might have been right or might've not been so right in, in the data that we collected and how can we do it differently so that it does come out right for lack of a better word. Is mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So when we were um, working, you know, team teaching together, you know, the, you said the word yet. And so I know that even sometimes now, because I love that word, but I don't even have to say the word yet. If I end a sentence without yet, like, okay, you may not understand this concept. And then I know they start saying yet. You know, they <laughs> they know my favorite word because <laughs> that's the growth mindset. You know, mm-hmm. if we put the word yet at the end of the sentence, it helps with that growth mindset that we talked about last time. Right. You know, so um, so I also want to talk about... Um, we, when we come up with plans and when we develop, you know, what we're going to be doing and that type of thing, um, I love to collaborate, you know, and they're both shaking their head. How do you – what do you – I know, Dory, I know your history. Yes. And <laughs> –
1: that's well, a long story. I don't but, know. But the thing,
3: like, like for example, with the Moonville unit, right? That JC was talking about when the with, and JC was with us when we when that Moonville unit started, it didn't start as Moonville. No. I mean, it started a completely. You know, like Byrne wanted to do something with space, right? right? And and on the
2: moon. And yeah.
3: And then we looked at standards. Like JC says, it's so important to tie your standards. Then we looked at standards. And then out of the blue, Burn finds, and then we talked about ghost towns. And then out of the blue, Byrne finds a ghost town. Legit, people. This is a legit ghost town. You can go and <laughs> Look visit. It Google it. Google, Google it, it. Byrne actually went to this place. It has a bridge. Somehow, there's a real place in Ohio called Moonville. You know, but all of that came through collaboration, like talking and saying, even as adults, right, we don't want to, kids sometimes don't want to be wrong. But sometimes as adults, we're like, oh, I don't want to come off as not knowing what I know or not ha- or having a yes. bad idea. And not none of, there are no bad ideas, except for no. the ones you don't share. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you have to share it And that's how, you know.
1: So. Well, and time constraints. We have a start, start to our school day. We have an end to our school day. We have subject matter that we have to to cover. Um, You know, we have to follow the Ohio standards. We have to, you know, all that stuff has to come into play. So how do you, how do you, or what maybe counsel do you have for that teacher who says, I cannot, I don't have time to, to incorporate another thing into my classroom. I don't have time to add steam to what I'm doing in my classroom. How do you help um, maybe or counsel a teacher to to say that you don't necessarily have to make it something that you add, you make it something that becomes infused in what you're already doing and how, how maybe some examples of how you guys do that I don't know. it's all about integration, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. I mean,
2: math you know could be one hour long, but we don't teach should not teach in silos. not everything is separated. Okay, I don't put one textbook away and say, "Okay, let's get out another one necessarily all of the time. So what we're trying to do is incorporate all of our standards into this one essential question, this one idea. And then within that, we are covering everything. But the students are actually the ones who are researching and finding the information and kind of building the lessons as we go.
3: Yeah, no, just piggyback. I mean, JC said it exactly right. I mean, it's just really easy because you can't... When you're collecting data, there's math in there. There's writing, talking out informational text features. I mean, that's something... You know, that's just an example that you use. It's exactly what she said. I mean, I can't say it any better. So do
0: you feel like... um, Because I know that sometimes, you know, I mean, no matter what, there's pressure in, you know, the time constraints. But do you feel like in the long run by doing with the steam state of mind net integration and all of that stuff that it actually saves time in the long run, because what I found when I did this when I had my own classroom is that I didn't have to review very much at, you know, for the test because, you know, we've been just constantly, you know, going over and, and what we did was memorable. Um And so it wasn't like, remember we did this in October and they were like, no, but, but you know when you do it with the with the purpose and the, with in the steam thing, they're like, oh yeah, and this and this and this, and so the you didn't have to spend much time reviewing. What about you guys? Do you guys feel like the having a steam state of mind in your classroom and the steam culture in your classroom helps you in saving time, or do you feel I don't know? I mean, I there's no right Maybe answer. you can do
1: more. Maybe or or you can I mean almost do more than you would if you worked in silos and you know you had to stop this and start this maybe does it help you to do that to to keep it all kind of smoothly rolling along and kids learning yes I
2: think it does um it definitely benefited me and the students as well like I said I mean they knew more than I ever thought that they could learn just the way that we taught that unit last year um And yes, it's very frustrating and there's a lot of effort that you have to put in and time that you need to put in at the beginning to make sure that you have everything organized and you know what you're going to teach and how to best kind of lay the information out for them to know. But overall, in the end, there's definitely a benefit to what you're doing.
3: So sometimes there are things you have to teach. Like I have to teach foundations, which is a phonics program in third grade Southdale that we do. It's a word study program. So I'm teach So now you can say it can, or you can use the steam state of mind for that. Not necessarily. However, if I'm when I when I am teaching foundations and then I'm doing something with steam, I can say, "Hey, that applies." You know, that's like a foundation rules. Look at that prefix. Look at that suffix. Look at that base word. Do you remember we talked about that in foundations? And so you are applying it to a different. Area.
0: Real world application. Exactly.
3: You know, where kids can then see why it's important to know your phonics rules or why it's important to learn about prefixes, because you will use that in another aspect of your life. So, you know, for people that would be like, well, what do, you know, I have to teach foundations. How am I going to do a steam state of mind of foundations? You're probably not while you're teaching the foundations, the phonics rule, but you will use that in STEAM at a later time.
0: So basically you're making it purposeful and meaningful yes. for them to, while they're doing that program, but they can see when it can be applied and why it was important for them to learn that program at the time. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And making awesome.
1: those connections. And that's what it was. Oh, I remember yes, when we absolutely. did that. And because I mean, I remember the way bulbs. I learned and that, you know, a hundred years ago and I, you know, how many times you said, when am I ever going to, Use this for anything but this stupid (laughs) class that I have to take. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you know, how many times did did I say that? And and it actually was true because we weren't taught back then how to kind of integrate and apply what we learned in math to you know what we uh, learned about in English language arts or vice versa. And and, you know, and and that's what's so beautiful to me about Steam is just to it's so exciting to me. Because I wish I was back in school, because I think I would learn so much more.
0: <laughs> well, and and I remember just a short little side note about when I was younger, and I loved my fifth grade teacher when we were learning about how to do division and that type of thing. But no, I so asked, much. I remember asked, no, I still love her. She, oh, my God. God rest her. Bless her. She's passed away now. But um but i remember asking her when she was teaching us how to do long division and stuff like that and i remember asking why why do we have to do it this way like you know cuz and she said because that's what you have that's way mm-hmm. you do it this is how you do it <laughs> and you know because they just taught us do step 1 mm-hmm. then step 2 then step 3 and actually i started my education teaching teaching career doing that too so but along well, that's the way I, was, I
1: mean right, you know that's exactly
0: we knew. but anyways um so, we all grow, right? Absolutely. <laughs> growth mindset, so um, I guess my next question is um so what do you feel that what we are doing, like I know j c when we were doing the moonville and some of the other things that we're doing um at your school, that do you feel like it's contagious you know to other you know and you know, Dory, I know that at Southdale, they have a lot more input and, you know, like I've had more time at Southdale than any other school. But, um, like, do you feel, cause we talked about there are four types of people in, in the, you know, learning about in, um, steam education, you have your chefs who can be in the kitchen and just pull things down and, Like, make up a big recipe. Then you have your cooks that need the recipe and follow it. Then you have the people who you cater to and they sit at the table and you, you know, you give them, you know, you show them how to do it. Then you have your critics that are looking out there (laughs) like, huh, I wonder what this is all about. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you believe that just by you guys being the leaders, you know, um, and being an example, I guess, of what steam education about. Do you think that this is helping these critics to maybe, at least, maybe get to the kitchen table?
2: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have to see how much fun we're having and how much fun the students are having and what they're learning. And um, that's I hope what I was going to say. Is that,
1: I mean, it isn't fun and like laughter and and kids getting excited? That is, I. Feel like that is contagious in a way, you know. I mean, and we've said so many times on these podcasts that it's okay to make learning fun, it's okay to make it something that kids <laughs> look forward to, you know. So I I would think that I mean, if I was watching you guys, I'd want to do that. I want to get in on this too. <laughs> Some people need a little help though, right? Yeah,
3: right. we have a new um team member this year, and the team last year you know, they're just busy, right? I mean, sometimes you're in a rut and you've been teaching for 20-some years and it's comfortable and you are doing the same thing you've always done. And and then so this person is now new to our team. And so we are, the three, the other three of us are very in, we've been doing STEAM, we love it. And so this person is hopping on board. It's taking this person a little bit longer, right? And maybe this person needs a little bit more help, but she's, I think sometimes people need a little nudge or they need a little support or they need a you know, to be like, Hey, look, like you said, like it's fun. Right. So she doesn't want to be the only teacher in our team that her kids are reading out of a book where the rest of our kids are engaged and talking and learning. So sometimes people just need a little.
0: Well, and, and I know the person you're speaking of and she, she has gone from a critic to being catered to at the kitchen table. And now I feel like she is into the, you know, she's turning into a cook, Mm -hmm. you know, and our collaborative meetings that we have and stuff like that, she's actually speaking up a little bit more now and she's starting to understand. And so that is a perfect example of where we want, you know, a a teacher to grow with the STEAM State of Mind. And, And so the other thing that was really cool is the last time I team taught with her is that she said, okay, burn. I want to be more active in what we're doing because what do the other teachers do? Like, I just don't want to watch, you know, I mm-hmm. want to.
1: Oh, that's great. I mm-hmm. know. So you took know her from sitting at the table to exactly pulling well, down that cookbook. You know, six years
0: ago. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like six years ago or five years ago, when I started working with it, you know, she would be on her phone, you yeah. know, yeah. like, okay, this is kind of like a special whatever. but you know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, the growth is just great. And, She's an amazing teacher and she's, Mm -hmm. you know, growing and I really appreciate that. And so, but it was kind of a nudge, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but I think they, you know, you can go through that. And I know at um, JC school, I'm getting more and more like, okay, so what you kind of did with JC's class, (laughs) what can we do? You know, for this, and I, I'm really busy right now I trying know, to we give ten <laughs> of you. Yeah.
3: For well, sure. it, but you need the support, right? We're very blessed in Kettering because Kettering has realized the importance of a steam state of mind, and so we have Burn that can, you know, come and lend support because
1: if you don't have the support, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's That's overwhelming. a great right. word. It, yeah. it can't happen if if you don't have the support, and and not necessarily. Just burn. Although that's amazing that that our district has seen the light uh, and they realize blessed. how blessed, important yeah. burn is. But just to Well, not
0: me the position. The
1: position, yes. yes. Well, you too.
0: <laughs> okay, well. Come
1: on. <laughs> I mean, you're good at what you do. Uh. But but it but to have that support is so important, and for you to feel that. And and that teacher you were just describing to. I I hope she realizes that you've watched her go from critic. To sitting at the table, to being a cook. I mean, how cool! I hope she. I hope she sees that and feels it and knows it because I, and, that, and I, I and think, I think, I think that's she's proud
0: of herself. Yeah, like she was very proud of her. You know, and and she she gained the courage and the confidence of like I can. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I think that that has really been. A you know, and I think that I think that
1: happens to all of us. No matter what field you're in, you can get kind of in a rut and keep doing things the way you've always done them. And and mm-hmm. like you said. Um, Dory. Sometimes it's it's just more comfortable to it. It's mm-hmm. kind of working, so I don't really need to change what I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. But then you see, you know, the Dorys and the JCs of the world, and you're like, oh, wait a minute! I, the way they're doing that is is really amazing, and the way their kids are responding to that is really amazing, and and I want to be a part of that, you know. And I hope that's what our teachers are seeing, and I feel like they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you yeah. seem to think that that's happening,
0: yes. right? And well, yeah.
3: and I will even say, for me. I I think I, because I've been doing it so long, I think I've gone from the cook. I don't want to say I'm a chef
0: oh, yet. I However, think you I are. don't want to say I'm a
3: chef yet. However, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable in the kitchen, a lot more comfortable in the kitchen. So, you know, burn with the Moonville, he wasn't with us. He was with JC's class because it was COVID and we were kind of on our own, but he had given, we, we all worked together, collaborated. We had plans that we all shared. And so I was able to do that by myself. And like I said, the last time when I was checking their data, I felt like burns words coming out of my mouth. So, I mean, I, you know, and I I don't know. I just think that we just grow. Even myself, I've grown, you know.
0: And, and it's so cool. And I, I just want to, the thing, when you guys are talking, the words that I'm hearing from you, from your students is fun, engaging, they're learning, you know, they're active you know, thinking
3: uh, they're thinking, they're which is, critically yeah. thinking, critically thinking, thinking yeah. yes. you problem know, solving. Yeah. Problem because, ha- because solving. listen, everyone's about fun, but listen, it's just not about fun. You have to have, be able to have fun while you're, while you're learning, right. while you're right.
0: learning. Because they're engaged yeah. and they want to, you know, do the, and I mean, And I didn't ask, I didn't prep you guys to say those things, right? We didn't say, hey, you got to make sure you add these words (laughs) into this podcast.
3: I am very impressed that obviously, you know, JC and myself very well, because we're actually, we came to it in two different, I mean, we're, we're kind of different in how we came to this. Yes, but I know yeah. the same thing. We came to the same thing, but through different paths. So that was good, burn Good for you. I'm impressed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dory.
1: <laughs> you know your student <laughs> coach, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, you <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, but I mean, you know, but I. It brings me joy to hear you guys describe your students' experiences by using those verbs. I mean, I mean, I couldn't be happier by hearing that, and that you guys recognize that, and that you guys are seeing that. And who doesn't want to learn that way? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be not engaged or bored or not critically thinking, or you know. I mean, well, you guys have that.
3: Uh, well, and a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, I always say kids' behaviors. Oh yes, sometimes comes come from the teacher, because when kids are engaged, you would think, right? And JC can attest to this too. It's like. Controlled chaos. Sometimes, if they it walk is, through your room, loud, yeah. it's loud, <laughs> and they're t- and, and people are like, "Oh my gosh!" But they are they're engaged, and so they are listening. their Their behavior, you know, they're not off task or trying to distract a friend because they're, they're taking their cues from you.
1: Their behavior, how the, how they're acting, well, they're and reacting in class. Or they're well, they're too their, busy and from what they're from what they're learning. They're yes. too busy. They're too and engaged. Doing, they're too, doing, they're yeah.
3: too. They're too busy thinking and to be, being engaged to not be doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. And and it does. It really helps in that behavioral, you know, part of, you know, I always feel, I've always felt that, you know, um, and I've seen it in classrooms and that type of thing. You know, kids start acting out when they're bored. You know, kids start, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. If kids start raising their hands saying they have to go to the bathroom, you usually know... (laughs) You better change the format or something because they're getting bored, you well, know?
3: and you know, another thing, that, and I don't, I don't know if this ties in, but just something that came to my mind about when we do STEAM, sometimes those kids that struggle with, say, reading, right? And so they're not feeling successful because they can't read as well as, a, as their peer or they are having, you know, I don't know, something with math, math right? But they can creatively think of an idea and so sometimes those kids really shine during that time because they have everyone's smart in their own way and they have ideas. And so then they feel really successful about themselves and what they've contributed to their group.
0: No, it's not another thing because that is the culture you want to it's set up part in your of classroom. That's the culture for sure. Because yeah. you want to be able to. STEAM education is not for, I think there was, there's another misconception we talked about in an earlier podcast that it's just for gifted kids, you know, that it's just for those high achieving kids that they need to be challenged more. It's for all kids. It's for your ESOL kids. It's for your kids who, you know, challenge in reading or challenge in math, or, you know, it's kids that are highly gifted, you know, and everything in between. They all have, you know, um, the opportunity to be successful and contribute and be engaged and to do the things, you know. So that's exactly. I agree. Yeah. So there's one more thing. And then I know we're probably running a little bit longer. Well, we do have to get
1: to Coach S's question. Okay, we do.
0: But there is one more thing. I noticed that when we're doing these big PBLs, um, there's always a debate about homework. But I noticed that like. When we were in JC's class doing the Moonville, the kids were assigning each other homework. <laughs> Remember that? You know how you know how they do that. They and so do, yes. And so they were like, Well, you go home tonight and you do this, this, and this, or they volunteer. I'm gonna research this, this, and this, and come back and bring it back tomorrow so we can put this. Now, to me, when kids are starting to assign themselves homework and each other homework (laughs) they're engaged and they're motivated and they want to learn and they want to be part of i mean do you see that and how
1: cool the teacher doesn't have to assign the homework i know yes Yes. (laughs) it is
0: so cool i was just like oh my god they're assigning each other homework they don't even realize it you know (laughs) it's like yes that's awesome so okay good
1: stuff good stuff
0: thank you guys Absolutely, so much. You guys, this has been a great I think we conversation. We could probably sit here and
1: chat forever, but
0: I could. We could. Well, <laughs> Alas. You know I can talk.
1: <laughs> we know. We know. Burn can talk. Yes. <laughs> so today's today's question for Coach Schwiederman comes actually from a teacher colleague of yours from Centerville. Yes. And the question is: Do you have to integrate all subject areas for it to be a STEAM lesson?
0: Okay. That is a great question because once again there's kind of that misconception that oh my God, I have to have S T E A M in everything or language arts, everything has to be integrated. And you don't. You don't have to have everything integrated into um a lesson to be considered a Steam lesson. Now, yes, do you need to integrate things? Absolutely. But one thing that and when we collaborate together. Um, one of the things, and I think Dory was the one that said, it drives her insane when people do this or textbooks or whatever, do this, that if you're going to apply a standard into a lesson, it has to be purposeful and meaningful and it has to fit, you know, it can't be just thrown in because, oh my God, we need to find a social studies standard to go in here. Oh, this kind of works. <laughs> if it yeah. kind of works, it doesn't work. And so You put in what makes logical sense and you put in things that, you know, you integrate the standards that um, actually fit into the lesson in a way that, you know, is engaging and is um, purposeful and meaningful. And so you don't have to have it all in there. Now, you should be able to at least get three or, you know, two or three things integrated together. (laughs) But, you know.
1: Says the coach. Says the coach.
0: (laughs) But um, and it also depends, like if you're doing a six week unit like we did with Moonville, you know, that's going to integrate a lot because you're that's a lot of time. But if we're doing like we are doing some SEL challenges um, with the students um, and, you know, so it's like an hour and a half lesson that may, you know, only integrate three, you know, mm-hmm. different things. And so it just depends. But no, it doesn't have to integrate
1: everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, Dory, what you were saying with the foundations, you know, not necessarily is that a STEAM lesson, but then when you move on to math or science and that kind of ties back to Mm -hmm. what they were learning and you tie that together for them, they make that connection Mm -hmm. and it's it's all that Mm -hmm. mindset becomes just the culture of the classroom. Very cool stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. right. Well, thank you guys again. And thank you, Carrie, again for the great questions and monitoring this.
1: Wonderful. And we will... See all of you in our next Steam State of Mind podcast. Thanks for joining us.